Everyone, welcome to episode number 58 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates. And I'm really, really excited to bring you guys Don Saladino here today. So Don and I were hanging out in uh, just outside of Seattle at Luca Hosevar's event a couple months ago, got to sit down and have dinner. And this, I, I had to make this happen for you guys. I think you guys, you don't already know who Don is. Here's, a, I got a little bit of a list of stuff you got to know. So some of you guys might be familiar with Don. Uh, just by his, if you're not familiar with Don, you're familiar with his work. Uh, you've seen Hugh Jackman in the Wolverine movies. You've seen Ryan Reynolds, all this. Don's the guy behind that. Don has been the trainer for a lot of well-known celebrities. But you're a lot more than that, too. I know you were just recently on the cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine. You've mm-hmm. done that before. you got a good relationship with those guys. And you ran a gym in New York City. It's called Drive 495 for 15 mm-hmm. yep. years. And yep. right four, four, three. Two of them, yeah. Two of them. And yep. You're talking to me now from your, the barn, which is on your own property. And I've got a video like tour just before this. And this thing is one of those gorgeous things I've ever seen. This is like the rock iron paradise, like universe type stuff, right? Like, and that's the gold standard, I guess. Yeah. Um, Anyway, and and you've got a big online uh, presence right now. You've got an app, you've got apparel, you've got online programs. So it's a real pleasure to have you on here. Well, listen, man, I I, uh, I appreciate it. you keep thanking me, but it was great to meet you and a, a group of the guys out in uh, Lucas place. He did such a phenomenal job. And you were like, listen, let's go do this. I'm like, why not? Come on, <laughs> let's let's have fun. Well, it, it goes to something that um, you obviously know who John Berardi is. And John has oh, talked yeah. about this and written articles on it. You, you have a lot of demands for your time. You are literally saying no to training celebrities at this point because you have a lot of things you want to focus on. So. The question is, is how do you navigate saying no? And what are sort of the criteria for you to say yes to projects and asks of your time? You know what? It's it's a good question because it's still something that I'm learning to grip with, right? So for 20, let's say about 23 years, I've been a I've been a trainer. I've been doing one-on-one sessions, right? I did probably, I I keep throwing the number out there because I figured it out, but I've probably done over 40,000 one-hour sessions in my life, right? And and it it was, I remember there was a span of probably 10 to 15 years where every month I was either on a plane or going to a course. And you know how it is, like it's just thirst to learn. And I still have that. You know, I was in here with Pat Davidson training a little bit earlier. Pat's a good friend, brilliant. And when I get around someone like Pat or Charlie Weingroff or, or the muscle doc, Jordan Shallow, you're always sitting there and you become, these are good friends of mine, but you become like the student again. And it's nothing about ego. Who knows more? I mean, those guys are brilliant guys. But every time I get around them, I sit there and I, and I learn. So my, my thirst to learn and to always become a better coach will be there. But I've also I have a good business sense. And I understand that to be able to scale your time and to be able to move forward in the industry, you have to start making some decisions that aren't necessarily that easy. One of them was, you know, was closing my club after 15 years. I had good timing. I had a lot of luck. Um, you know, we could talk about that a little bit later on, but um, I think now when I get calls from celebrities or people, um, I, I never, you know, initially try and say no to them. I try and first feel out do they really need handholding every single day? Do they need someone on top of them every single day? Because someone like Ryan does, like Ryan Reynolds can, you know, train on his own and we could do little touch-ups here and there and catch up and this and that. He's fine with that. So I think when it's working with me, working with someone, that's what I prefer. And if they need to work with me, they either have to come here or we can do it over Zoom if I have time. And if I don't have time, I'm kicking it to someone that I respect and that I believe can give the type of time that they want and deserve. And that's one of the values of having that kind of network. I'm big on abundance mindset. And it's, it's no different, uh, you know, giving a celebrity inquiry to someone you trust than it is you're a trainer with a busy schedule and then you have a network of people that you can trust. I've been saying no to most new client inquiries. Thankfully, I have a trainer that I mentor who's at the same facility as me, who's great. I know a lot of other people and I can funnel stuff all over the place. It's funny you mentioned Jordan Shallow. He's coming to town here, and I'll shout it out to everybody who's local. It's December 18th and 19th, and so he posts up this. He's doing his upper body prescript two days. So I post it up, tag him, and say, hey, Jordan's coming to town, blah, blah, blah. Jordan tags him back and says, Andrew doesn't know it yet, but he's teaching at this thing, so we're going to grab dinner, and I'm somehow, I didn't, hasn't even told me yet what I'm doing, but I'm a part of this event, so it's going to be good to see him. But you know what? Jordan is, I mean... Jordan's like a brother to me. Like he literally, him and I just, we, we spoke a couple of days ago 
He's probably one of the guys, I don't, I don't mean to shift to Jordan right now, but he's probably one of the guys I'm looking at in the industry right now. And I'm like, this is the guy to watch. Like, I just, I, I love everything about him. I love everything he does. I love how he teaches. I love his social media. I, 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 I love him in the gym. Like, there's not one thing I can look at this guy on and critique. Um, he's just, I, I think he's just, he, right, right now, I feel like he's like becoming the guy. And I'm I'm just pr I'm proud to see him going off in that in that um in that direction. So if anyone is listening to this, watch Jordan and my man Andrew because I'm sure they're both going to be delivering a lot of great stuff. Well, a abundance mindset right there, just like say kind of things about other people. But two, you hit on a concept that I've been big on for a while. I always look to people who have they're deeply rooted in what I call the respected evidence-based community in the fitness industry, which we know is kind of this small little corner, and people fight amongst each other and do stupid shit. But there's this big, vast fitness and dieting industry. But I'm always impressed with the people who've got the ability to break through into the mainstream. You're a fantastic example. You've crafted a very big following. You're in these major publications. You're on TV. You know, you've appeared in, in like daytime TV shows and, and shit like that. And Jordan Shallow is, is breaking in there. I love people like your friend, Ben Bruno, who's done the same oh, stuff. Ben's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. And Simple. You know what I'm saying? That's what I love about it. like Ben's almost like, why are you making things so complicated? Like, that's his attitude. Like, this is just simple. Like when Ben and I got together to train, we trained three things. We were, it was like three things, you know, and we were, we were out. It's just, it's simple. I like it. I, I, I like simple. My first introduction, a very long time ago, when I first started training to TRX stuff, single leg stuff and landmine stuff was Ben Bruno's T-Nation stuff, like straight up. That's where I, I got that stuff. The first exposure to it. Because before that, it was all bro bodybuilding magazines, which I still love. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Ben is Ben is one of the – I think Ben's probably pound for pound one of the most sneaky, strong human beings you're ever going to meet. Like, I don't know if Ben weighs 180 pounds wet. I've seen Ben front squat, like, I think 540. Like, I mean, he's an absolute unit. Um, he's a great athlete. He can swing a golf club. He's been taking up tennis. Ben and I last week where we were laughing, we were on the phone, like two high school girls for like an hour, just having a conversation like that. We've been talking for an hour. Like, you know, we just started laughing but anytime I get, so these are just the, the people that you're mentioning right now. These are people I love to be around. They, they bring a lot to the table when it comes to knowledge, but more importantly, the human beings that they are, I think is, um, it, it even out trumps how, how smart those guys are. And I, and I love these kind of people and I like, and I've been very fortunate to have gotten to know a lot of them. I've never met Ben, um, but like Jordan Syed's been on my podcast a bunch of times. So he Lee's a good friend. Yeah. And we've got these big followers, Spencer Nadolsky, and they're deeply rooted in that evidence-based world, but yet they're breaking through the mainstream. The other guy that I, I want to strangle and wish everybody in the world could see him is Mark Fisher, but Mark doesn't have much of a following and he's like, he's speaking in the corporate realm and he's doing the things he wants to do. Mark's unbelievable. He's, um, again, a friend, a fellow, you know, a gym owner in New York City. Ben, Mark and I used to have lunch probably every quarter. Wow. And we would, we would, we would meet somewhere and in the city and we would just sit and talk about, not, it wasn't a pissing contest. It was never like who's doing better. It was always like, dude, what are you struggling with? What am I struggling with? And we would, and I think that's when you really start you know, knowing who the good ones are, when you can sit down and have a conversation. It's like, I've had a lot of conversations with people and I'll feel like it. Like it just becomes this, you feel like, like are they having a contest with you? They're just spitting out. They're trying to one-up you. Like that's not the point of it. <laughs> but I think a lot of people that I respect in the industry, it's like, all right, well, where, where are you having a, a tough time right, right now? And every single name that we've said, we just mentioned, we've showed like, I've shown them, they've shown me like that vulnerable side, that side of like, oh, you know what? I got to think about this. Like, I don't know how, like, how are we going to pivot from this? What's the right decision? And then, you know, I think the whole thought process, that whole mindset of training and figuring out the program and the puzzle and the equation and that individual starts becoming about business. And that becomes fun because that's very quantifiable also. And I, and I quantify that business by like, all right, how much fun are you having and how much money are you making? Because if you're doing, if you're having fun, and when I say having fun, I mean, for me to be able to pay my employees more money, that's fun. Like I, I used to love giving Christmas bonuses. I used to love sitting down with someone, looking them in the eye and be like, yeah, well, you're getting a raise. Like I, I love that shit. Like to me, that was fun. So I think, yeah, we, none of us want to talk about success being from a monetary standpoint, but 
I, hell yeah, I'm going to talk about that. The more money I'm making, the more money people around me are going to be making, and the happier they're going to be. So um, I think that's pretty cool also. I'm a big believer in this. I believe that trainers should know their value and should charge their worth and not be afraid to say, you know, I want to earn a really good living because we, we do deserve to earn a really good living. There's no pension plan for what we do. And I'd love to see passionate and skilled and caring people stay in the industry for the long term. Because if, if you go in with this attitude, well, money's bad. Oh, I, I'm a bad person if I'm charging for my services or too much for my services, then well, you're going to burn out and flame out. And I would rather A, be able to secure a nice retirement, but then to leverage the growing reach and capacity I have to enrich other people's careers, this, this pure abundance mindset that we're talking about. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I used to get it because I was probably, I still don't know to, to, to this day, a coach that would charge a higher fee than I would charge, but that was, that was my business. I would, something I wouldn't really discuss, something it would get out sometimes, but that was my business. And that's what I wanted to value my time at. And then you start asking, all right, well, how do you turn around away certain people? And it's like, all right, like I can train, you know, one of the biggest celebrities and, you know, he's going to pay me X, but you, you know, I don't know if it's not really, you know, great use of my time, then I feel like I'm kind of staying in purgatory. I feel like I'm, I'm never really evolving. Like to just say, like people will call me up and go, well, how do I train celebrities? I'm like, well, what do you mean? I don't know. Like just you train them like you train any other people. Like it doesn't, like they're not made any differently. Like, in fact, I think it sometimes it becomes a little bit more difficult because of the time changes and the, and the constant schedule changes and the fact they're away from their families and all these things that like professional athletes don't really have to deal with on such a level. Like we, we know what Tom Brady's schedule is going to be for the next 18 weeks. Like we don't know what Ryan Reynolds schedule is going to be for the next week when he's on set. Cause you don't know what's going to blow up. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if he's going to hurt himself because he does his own stunts. You don't know all this, a lot of his own stunts. You don't know all this stuff. Stuff. So, um, you, you know, it, it, it's you, you start looking at like, what is the project? You know, is it feasible? For, it, it, does it fit in your schedule from a time standpoint? You know, or if monetarily it's not a value, like if, if you're not like, I don't really care about the money piece of it. I care about how it's going to excel my career. So if I'm going into a job and there's a, a big celebrity and they're working with me and they're like, listen, I can only afford this, but this is going to be a huge project. And this is going to be a ton of PR. And I want to get you involved on this YouTube and do this and do that. Like, I'm in, like, I'm 100%. I'm like, sign me up. This is fun. It's fun. We can create some content. I can help build my following a bit. I can go supply a job for them. But like, if a celeb's going to come in and be like, all right, I'm going to pay you a thousand an hour, whatever it is. Like I start saying to myself, well, for me to commute to this city or this area, it's taking away this amount of time, which is taking away from me being able to film. It's taking away from me to be able to do this and do that. It's taking away from my family. So when you start looking at, wow, it's a thousand an hour, like, what is it? What does that really come to now? Well, you have a half hour commuting every each way. So that's really 500 an hour, right? And then I'm losing all this opportunity to be able to go and shoot during and maybe, maybe in that one shoot I could have done, I could have made 10 or 20,000 bucks from that one shoot. So you start weighing things out. It's not always about money, but you really have to weigh things out. And you got to look at it from a business sense. This is a business. This isn't like, this isn't our hobby. This isn't like, oh, the personal trainer, like he's just showing up and his job's not. No, he's got to, we've got to pay our bills. Like we've got to pay taxes. Like we've got to, we've got to worry about putting away. Like we've got to, we've got to look at opportunity. It's like anything else. It's like the individual working in corporate America saying, oh, all right. My opportunity might be better off at Goldman Sachs than JP Morgan. Like it's, what is the opportunity? What's the pay? What's the time commitment? What's the reach? What's the room for growth? It's the same thing as a coach if you're putting yourself into the right situation. I hope everybody absorbs all of that. Yeah. And I'll add a thought too from my observations about, especially the point you said about, because I didn't want to be like, hey, celebrity training, all that sort of stuff, because you're a lot more than that. But Thank let's you. answer this question because I know people will probably yeah. think it, you know, how to quote, get celebrity clients. The thing that I've noticed with our friends and the industry leaders who have worked with celebrities, there's two components. One is having the fundamental basis of the skill, looking the part, yada, yada, yada. But also it happens to be being in the right place at the right time a lot of the time. It is a component of luck. It happened to you with you, Jackman, both components. 
Mark Mecca and Alex Rodriguez is a very good example of that. I don't know Ben Bruno's story behind his famous clients, but I do know of any number of other examples where people just happen to be there. Every single one of us, every single one of us, there was some luck involved. There was some timing component involved. There was some referral component involved. Like, you know, I might've gotten... um, Annie Hathaway, who I work with right now, I got her through John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. And I got John and Emily, I think, through Blake Lively. And I got Blake through Ryan. And I got Ryan through someone else. It's like everything. It's a so Oh, but they. I got them through Hugh Jackman. And who did I get Hugh Jackman from? Oh, I got Hugh Jackman from my buddy Rico, uh, um, Rico Wesley, who was a trainer who basically – had a move, asked me if he could train Hugh at my club. And I said, sure. I didn't really know who Hugh was. And he, I mean, basically Hugh saw me train. It was like, all right, this guy can move a little bit. And um, he looks the part and, you know, Rico had a move because they were having triplets. So then Rico asked me to take over. I said, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to take over. And it's like, okay, so if Rico didn't hand me that, would I still have gotten celebrities? Yes. Because I started getting you know, um, Billy Crudup from this one and, and Cindy Crawford from this one and all these other people came from other areas, but you know, it, it, it was, it really is this domino effect from, from different areas. But like, if you think for a second, I wasn't assisted or I wasn't helped through my whole business career, like you're out of your mind. Like I can't tell you how many times I had my head between my legs or business or something was happening or in 07, 08, when, when, you know, Lehman went under and, and Bear Stearns went under, it might've been 08, 09, I don't remember it so long ago, but oh my God, there, there were so many um, points of like, oh shit, <laughs> what's happening? But people don't want to look at that. They just look at like the finished product and they just think like, oh, he's just sitting there like this. Like, no, this is this is a grind um, and it's tough. And I also don't believe like with online training, all this online coaching, which I think is fantastic right now. And I, I, and, and I love like don't don't give up on the fact that you still need to be a coach. Like you, I still like I still think if someone in my opinion, if someone's doing online training if they have never put in the hours in a gym, like I, I just, in, in my book, like I, I haven't seen someone yet who's credible. If they haven't put in those countless hours or being able to deal with different personalities or cleaning up weights or, you know, just looking at different people move as you're training, like there's so much knowledge. Like uh, one of the best experiences I had was working at Equinox for a year back in 1999. Like when I saw that business get bought by a corporation and go from mom and pop owned from the Ericos to a corporation. And I saw that transition. Holy shit. When I saw them begin to, to lay people off. Oh my God. When I left. Oh my God. When I had to start my own business. Oh my God. It's like, there were all these moments that going back now, I, I don't know. Like when people say, well, if I could just predict the stock market, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah. Put all my money down on, 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 on Apple 40 years ago and it's over. Right. But like, I would not have bypassed all of these tough moments I had to go through because that helped me become that much smarter um, in what I do today. I think those kind of things do inevitably set us up to be better, you know, not to kind of go, cause you know, not to be back and forth with the tennis ball, but I went, I worked at a commercial gym for six years and for the yeah. most part, it was pretty good. But I had a lot of that environment. There was a lot of bad management and a lot of, unethical shit going on with some of the employees. And I always pushed against it, battled, and it put me in jeopardy of losing my job a few times. At one point, I don't know, I don't think I've ever shared this publicly, but um, three employees ganged up and accused me of saying something homophobic to them. Oh, wow. My my LGBTQ plus clients then laughed when they found out the story. I I was suspended for two days, threatened with my job, um, offered a transfer of locations. I said, no. And ultimately the ownership at upper management even came and said to me, they knew it wasn't true, but they had wow. to cover their asses. Anyway, that was it. That was it for me. So that's I left terrible months later. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it pushed yeah. me out the door, set up my own business, contract at my friend's gym and everything that has happened. I started traveling. I started meeting people. The podcast happened, writing for the publications I have. I'm forever grateful. And then a lot of other trainers followed me out, which is the first time I've said this publicly, we got sued unsuccessfully by the old company because they were really mad at me for all of the client, the trainers that followed me. And they eventually went bankrupt and were sold and restructured and the lawsuit went away. So we, we won, mm-hmm. 
and I wasn't ever worried about it, but there's all this stuff that people don't know that goes on in the background. And all they see is that polished perfection and, and their idea of success. So yeah. the stuff that you're going through right now is actually the stuff that's going to lead you to being more successful. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally believe that. That's why I, I think that, you know, for the coach out there listening and they're like, Oh God, like, where am I going? Like, just, just keep your head down and, and don't be afraid to take risks. Of course. Like, you know, I think that's one thing people are just scared of taking risks or they're scared of losing sessions or, you know, they're scared of putting themselves out there. Like I, I, I remember in my career, I had to rebuild my training book, I think four or five times. Like it was when I left Equinox, I had to rebuild it. I went to one-on-one um, homes and then um, left there at one point. I had to rebuild it. I started working at the training ground, this place, Elysium, which is a, a one-on-one facility. So I had to rebuild it. I, by, by 2005, I had to rebuild my book fully three times. Then I went to drive, rebuilt my entire book. And then I got rid of my, all my clients. I handed them to my trainers because I needed my trainers to stay on because we were slow in the beginning. So I got rid of them, gave them to, to the people. And then I had to rebuild again. So it was like five times in my life that I had to just rebuild training clients. I'm not even talking about businesses. Like you can't be afraid. Like you got to trust your ability. If you did it once, you could do it again, but put yourself in a good opportunity. Now, something that I sort of alluded to earlier, but I'm definitely curious about is you like, you know, certainly a handful of other people that I really respect. I always think of Brian Cron in this light too. You have one foot firmly steeped in that aesthetic bodybuilding. Again, you're on the cover of Muscle Fitness Magazine, that world but you're also firmly entrenched and rooted in what I call the evidence-based community. Uh, And those two things don't always coexist very well. So how have you found that balance? And if anything, has the combination actually been an asset to your career? I think it's been a huge asset to my career. I think there's always someone to kind of point the finger. Like Like I actually, one area that people don't realize that I'm very tuned into is golf fitness right i'm the i'm the head of golf fitness for golf channel for for golf pass uh revolution golf for since 2011 and my club drive 495 was a golf fitness training facility so we we had five indoor simulators we had a handful of golf pros we would do kinematic sequencing every day and and it was funny then because the golf guys would be uh you know, everyone was kind of ba- like bashing, like the fitness guys would be like, Oh, he does golf. And the golf guys would be like, no, he doesn't. He does fitness. And it's like, like, no, I just create better athletes. Like that's what I do. And I know more about new- nutrition than most other coaches do. Um, especially when it comes to, I, I don't even want to say just being overall healthy hormonally, et cetera, but aesthetically, like how to change body composition while giving the body what it needs to be successful. I'm not talking about bodybuilding nutrition. I'm like, I'm talking about balancing it out both ways. How do we look better? but actually we're not feeding our body dead food. So yeah, I, I think it has helped because now a lot of people are saying, and I appreciate the compliment. Thank you very much. Um, but people are, you know, Mark Fisher paid me a compliment, compliment that way. said the same thing, but I think a lot of people are looking at me now as the, as the guy who, all right, yes, he, he really cares about <laughs> coaching and training and the evidence-based community, but um, he's also someone that, you know, needs to make sure that he takes his shirt off, looks a certain way and that his clients do it as well because it's their livelihood. So um, for me, it's just, it's just fun. I, I know they say you, you can't be everything to everyone, but it's, it's what I'm doing. It's what I enjoy. And uh, it's what I'll continue to do. And the whole getting people like looking a certain way, we, we definitely mm-hmm. know that social media can, can create, I, I'm not negative about social media. We just have to be alert to kind of the, the pitfalls. Sure. But we still have a big battle to fight with all the people who will see photoshopped or, you know, the, the, the stage athletes, this temporary moments in time and not realizing how like that's completely unsustainable. It, you also have to have the skill to be able to get someone to look a certain way for that the shirtless day on set for the for the movie. But people have to realize, too, that that's not what even Hugh Jackman's walking around looking like all the time. Well, you know what? I, I think where I... Listen, I did a contest prep. I've never competed in a bodybuilding show, but I did one a long time ago to actually see what it felt like. And it was miserable and I was successful and I got my body to a certain point. But after my last two covers of um, muscle and fitness, I felt great. I played in a hockey game after one of them, like after my, the, the night of my shoot, I went off and I played in the competitive hockey game. And I wasn't like at Cheesecake Factory feeling like I had to order the whole menu. 
or I wasn't like holding onto a stop sign because I couldn't walk because I was so carb depleted. No, like I went to those covers. I was really proud of how I looked. I will be the first one to tell you that I was not the leanest guy ever on those covers, but I, listen, my body fat was down to the low single digits. I had DEXA scans to prove it. Um, I've done it naturally. I'm super proud of what I've done. That is what I promote. When people come to me and they want to start doing like water manipulation and all the stuff, I know how to do it. It ain't my thing. It's just not my thing, especially with celebrities because they have to perform and you don't know, they don't know when their shirtless scene is going to be. They think they do, but you know, <laughs> they might be in a tank top all movie. So what the hell am I going to manipulate their water, or their carbs for to the point? No, I'm going to, I'm going to preach principles 365 days a year. And I've got this line two weeks out. I always want you two weeks out. If Sebastian Stan has got to get ready for the cover of men's health, we're, you know, roughly two to three weeks out from being able to get him ready. And what do we do? We remove the, the cheats. We tighten a few things up. We might increase water for, for a certain amount of time. You know, we might start um, increasing workout duration, improving sleep, doing all these things adjust, you know, really just kind of sharpen them up, give them a tan, really important, you know, like there's little things that people just don't want to talk about, but you know, it, it, it does, they, there are things about the industry that do bother me. Like I don't, I do get bothered with Photoshop and I do, and you're going to ask me why I'm going to give you the answer why. And I get bothered, especially with fake weights. And even when it's a joke or, oh, it's a, like a, like, um, like a specific magazine shoot. I've never used a fake weight. Like if you see me in any of the magazines, like I might have, you know, I'm a strong guy, but like when you're, when you're on the incline press and you've got a bar on, like you're not always going to throw 225 on the bar. Like you're going to throw 135 on because you're sitting there for 45 to 60 seconds holding it. And you're like, oh my God. And you have to do it over and over and over. So it gets heavy. But I've been to these shoots and they're like, do you want to use that? I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to sit here with a fake three wheels on each side. And I'm not going to have some young 15 year old looking at me going, how the hell can he do that? Like, oh my God, I'm not even close. And then it puts him or her into this bad mindset. And then they want to result to steroids because they're turning around after a couple of years, not seeing the progress. And they're like, well, I, I, I just can't do it. And it's like, I think as a fitness professional, we have a responsibility to be honest. I think that, you know, and I have friends of mine that are on performance enhancing substances. They will admit they're on performance enhancing substances. And I admire them for that. And I love it. And they're like, why am I going to lie? I'm going to tell you, like, right? So don't lie. When someone's getting up there and they're being interviewed, they're like, oh, I'm natural. And then you're like, are you really? And they're like, well, I'm clean now. I'm like, but you weren't three months ago. You're cycling off. Don't say you're natural. Like, just, and you know why? I, I just, I believe that giving that false perception to a lot of these young kids who are in the industry, it's really tough because I see it with my daughter and my son, they're 14 and 13 and they're on TikTok and they're on IG and they're looking at the stuff that's just fake. And it's, it's scary. Like, you know, like these are young kids, like their brains aren't fully formed yet. They're not, they're, they're not fully educated in this stuff. They don't know what's real or not real. Like they'll come to me and be like, dad, do you think that's real? I'll be like, no, that's not real. Like, you know, and it's, it's so sad that I have to have that conversation with them because you no, know, their little minds, these little souls, they're just sitting there and like inside, they're like almost a little hurt or a little bit lost. And I really believe in this industry. We should hold ourselves to a higher standard. We need to be honest. We, um, we need to not give false perceptions on what it took to get there. And, um, and, you know, if someone's going into, you know, if someone's taking something to, to get somewhere, I, I, I truly believe that they should admit it. No, I'm, I'm more than agree with that. The, like you said, especially if someone is explicitly saying they're not, and yet I, I don't like, you know, I don't like the witch hunt of like who's on steroids, but oh yeah. At the, the, yeah, that's the other end of the spectrum, right? That's the wrong kind of focus. Sure. But I think there's a certain combination of pure muscular size and extreme leanness and certain features that you can look at someone. I, I don't want to really go call anyone out, but let, let's just say like, we use the rock, for example. I mean, the likelihood that the rock is an entirely natural person is extremely low. We'll leave it there. We know Sylvester Stallone at his age and the grainy leanness, the guy has gotten caught bringing shit into Australia. Right. Yeah. So like, that's fine. Like, that's he's also like 70, Sly's like 70 years old now, isn't he? He's more than 70. He's gotta be like 75. And he looks, yeah, I mean, it's like the guy looks unbelievable. Like let him go. Like he's like, <laughs> if he can live to a hundred and take something, then I'm like, great. When my, when my best friend at 42, 43 years old, I find dead in his room. After three days, you know, um, this is my head trainer 
And it was because his testosterone was so high because he was injecting it for years and he didn't have anyone monitoring it. And I saw this guy go through the worst battle. It was a drug addiction mm-hmm. because he couldn't, every time he get off of it, he couldn't see the doctors. No one knew Like he just, any, any, any died. And it's like, that's too young. And that's what I don't want people to see, see people go through. But if Stallone lives to 95 years old and he looks the way that he does, I'm like, good for you, dude. It's amazing. What you just said, like, I, I write for Generation Iron. And of course, I follow their yeah. Instagram. And like, great what? guys. Great yeah, guys. Great guys. Love them to death. But every third post is, is a dead bodybuilder, dead competitor. It's like, holy oh, God, it's so tough. I mean, we, we lost a couple of people that I knew this year at the Olympia, you know, George Peterson, you know, unbelievable, un- like one of the nicest human beings in the sport. It's, it sucks. I mean, you know, uh, Sean Roden, you know, oh. um, you know, who was the other one? Um, one of the smartest bodybuilding coaches. Um, oh God. Um, mountain dog training. Um, Oh, John Meadows. Yeah. He's John, he's John Meadows. Yeah. John Unbelievable Meadows. Unbelievable person. Like that was just three huge names in the industry that are gone probably in the last five months. I mean, that's scary. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to definitely sort of like pause on Meadows because like, I, I know he'd had some health stuff before. So yeah, I'm going to be yeah. very, very quick not to like point the finger at, at any specific thing with John, uh, but by reputation, John was the nicest Oh yeah, no, no, no. And I wasn't pointing, I wasn't pointing the finger and saying the Lunia service. I was saying that it was just, it was still a death in the sport. And it's still someone that lost their life. So, and I wanted to say that just so that way, no one thought that that's what we were saying, just because. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. He's a great guy. No, John was a gem. And I know John was having health problems for years. um, And, um, you know, God, you know, God rest his soul. I mean, he was a, he was a beautiful person. Yeah. I never got the chance to meet him. He was always one of the quote, you know, M ambitions that i wanted to have to have him on the podcast and bring him in and it never happened and obviously now it's too late it's like it's like making the point of going to see your favorite bands right live in concert because you never know what's going to happen i got lucky and saw lincoln park here in edmonton the only time they ever came here really show and then you know chester's dad i never got to see soundgarden uh yeah you know, I go to see Tool every time I can because those guys are amazing. But fuck, I mean, Danny, the drummer, is sixty already. You're like, how the hell did these guys get up there? I just saw them. I saw them in concert right before COVID at the Barclays. They put on a hell of a show. Man. They were unbelievable. They were booked for Edmonton in the summer of 2020. Canceled, but before that was announced, there were two shows in Toronto. So I flew to Toronto for the weekend, saw both shows before all this shit happened. Best thing I ever did, and I'm actually going to be in um at an event in february called raise the bar in orlando so i'm looking i'm like uh then i come back from lucas thing there's all sorts of shit with the travel i'm like the hell with going to the u.s anymore until all this shit's over all this testing requirements yeah no way yep and then tool announces concerts in like the u.s i look at oh there's one in orlando in february i'm like all right let me check the dates it goes conference 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 day off tool and then tools in tampa i'm like fuck it book Cool in Orlando, book cool in Tampa, book the conference. I'm going down. Dude, they're so good. They're so good. They were so much fun live, too. I would go to them again in a second. Fantastic show. They're one of the only bands I'll travel for, the Deftones. I really want to see the Deftones. And I, I haven't seen them. I was planning to travel to Denver the year that everything got scrubbed because T Nation headquarters is an hour outside of Denver. So I was going to go down, watch the concert, go hang out for a day with Danny and Chris and the editors there. But that never happened. But that's that's on my list to do. Now uh, you're well. also you're also presenting at uh, Perform Better. You want to tell everybody? Yeah. About too? Yeah, it's more of a it's more of a business talk. It's on, um, you know, it's it's not in the past. A lot was on social media. Now it's it's kind of like the things you need besides social media. How to do branding deals and uh, which a lot of these. Um, a lot of these businesses don't even really know how to structure. I mean, everyone's looking at social media following, thinking that that's important. I mean, it's really about email list and, you know, distribution and, you know, the systems that you have set up in place. And, you know, I give some good key examples on things I built through COVID, which was really awesome and, um, you know, grew to be extremely successful for, for me. So, yeah, I think I'm just trying to show a lot of these coaches and perform better gave me the opportunity. I just did a fat loss talk for, for them. But on the other hand, now I'm doing this business talk. So they gave me Chris Poyer, who's an amazing human being um, and a good friend, uh, gave me the opportunity years ago to kind of choose what direction I wanted to go. And it really, again, I never wanted to be a pissing contest. I just, I kind of looked at the speakers and I said to myself, 
what do I think that there's lacking in? Like, what, what's the area that these, how can I add value? Am I really adding a ton of value by getting up there and talking about performance and fat loss? Or am I um, adding a lot more value of showing all these fitness professionals on how to scale their business and, you know, not to worry about certain things that the industry is telling you to worry about and learn from my mistakes, learn from my successes. And go, here's, here's the roadmap. So um, I'm excited. I'm speaking for them in Rhode Island um, Saturday, this Saturday morning. Um, I'm giving a mastermind talk a, a week later um, through my own platform. And then I already booked uh, Perform Better Germany. I'll be in Munich in June. So I'm, I'll be speaking for them out there. I'm going, I'm also doing a full day seminar as well. And I'm actually giving two lectures and I'm doing a lecture, a hands-on and a full day seminar. So they're going to put me to work a little bit, which I said, if I'm going out there, I want to make sure that they're, they're pushing me a little bit. Might as well do all of the above. <clears throat> You're going to go that far. What are, okay. So you just, you alluded to some stuff, but what are some of the things that, you know, fitness professionals are getting caught up in that, that don't matter as much? Where are they being misled? Um, I don't want to say that they don't matter. I still think that you need to do it, but I, I know social media, it's, it's, it's been very tough for a lot of professionals lately because they're not really seeing their numbers growing as much. And they're, um, I think they're starting to compare themselves to a lot of other people that might be showing growth. And, you know, there is this entertainment effect of social media that I think is really important. And social media is something that I focus on every, every single day, but my number hasn't grown in a week. It doesn't matter. My business is growing, right? Like it's, it's like, okay, I think I'm stuck at like 312,000. I'm probably about to hit 313,000, but it's not growing the way it used to grow. But my business is growing. I just had a phenomenal week in business. So I want them to focus on, you know, the bottom line number and focus on those things and focus on, you know, de developing an email list, right? Like, what do you like, what do you have out there? If you don't have a product to sell, at least get, you know, at least get a newsletter out there, you know, at least start trying to focus on ways to, you know, it's this line I stole from Bill Gates. You know, if, if, if content is king, then distribution is the kingdom. Right. And it's just like, well, how are we going to dis distribute all this great content and all these great ideas? And uh, you could be the best. Or Greg, Dr. Greg Rose taught me this. You know, Greg's a good friend. And also I consider him a mentor. He taught me this, I think, 18 years ago when he came to look at my location before I opened it up. And he said, dude, you can create the greatest golf club in the world. It can hit a golf ball 50 yards further with anyone who's holding it. But if no one knows about it, it ain't going to matter. And it's just, it's one of those lines that just stuck in my head for anyone who doesn't know Greg Rose, you should, um, like, I think the godfather of golf fitness and, uh, one of the founders of TPI, but yeah, I, I, I think, um, just showing them, you know, how to get started, how to set up the, uh, the platform and how to get the snowball effect going because work becomes really fun when you start waking up every day and you're looking at Sam card or you're looking at your business really start to grow and you're seeing revenue come in and you're like, Oh my God, like this is really cool. Like this isn't contingent upon how many hours I train today. Like this is about like this, this, these systems I'm putting into place are really starting to pay dividends and, and work. So um, yeah, that's what I want to show a lot of people. Well, just, just as you were saying that I pulled up your website and I put my email address in there. So you got one more email subscriber. Love you. And I Fantastic. do that as an illustration because, you know, we, we hear things and we say, oh yeah, we'll do this. We'll do this whatever. And then we don't end up doing it. Now, yep. even if let's say the listener says, well, maybe I'm not in a place where I need to buy something from Don. If you are reading the emails, the way that the copy is written, the sales copy is written, the way that values added from someone like yourself or a Jordan side who's really good at it. You can learn a lot from that. I mean, you guys are the ones who studied this stuff and are applying the things in books like the ultimate sales letter is a really good example. Jordan put me on that. So one of the best ways to learn these skills is to watch people who've done it really well. And there, there it is on the page. There it is in your, in your inbox right there. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm so glad you brought that up. I'll never forget. I brought my team from Drive. I want to say it was seven, eight years ago to a Perform Better conference. I was speaking at it. So I brought a bunch of them up and um, they had a perform better. They had three different speakers. I'll never forget one or two of them. Um, we were all standing by a room and I'm like, who's speaking in here? And they kind of mentioned the name and they like rolled their eyes to it. Like the guy wasn't good. And I'm like, why are you rolling? Your, what are you rolling your eyes to? Like, oh, I don't know. I listened to them talk once. I didn't really agree with what they said. And I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm like, no, you're going to go in here and listen right, right now. And they're like, well, why? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I said, cause this guy's got 600 people sitting in the room right now. 
<laughs> and you and, and you don't. And guess what? I did it at the time. So he's doing something really right. And we're all going to go in there. And we're going to learn what it is. And we're going to talk about it after the session. And we went in for an hour 15 and we listened to what it was. And, you know, listen, knowledge still fine. Like he'll probably claim that he's not the smartest human being or the most analytical or he's not a, a muscle doc or a, or a, a Charlie. He wouldn't, he would admit for a second that he's not, but man, was that energy good, man, was that execution good? Was that delivery good? Was that engagement good? Was that marketing message important? And it's what that crowd needed to hear. And that's what I was really impressed about. And it was a good learning tool. And I, and I think at the very least, if someone doesn't want to buy, I, I always say like, whether you want to buy something for me or not, it really doesn't matter. Like that's why do I do YouTube? It's like, I'm not making millions of dollars off of YouTube, but I invest you know, hundreds of dollars a week into building content for it. And I put it in there because, you know, it's a library and it's a source and it's a place for me to be able to send people to, to have questions answered and to feel comfortable, right? My social media, like, fine. Like, yes, I know I make money on specific things, but it's not growing. Like most people would say, well, why am I even bothering? Because my attitude is to just like, it's like, if you build it, he will come type of saying, like, just coach, just put out good content, just connect, even if it's with one new person a day, like you build a business off of that. And sometimes we start thinking about like, oh, scaling and, and oh, Instagram or TikTok or Twitter. Like, dude, just go coach, just go coach. If you don't have money to do this program or sign up, like just at least follow the individual and get all their free content. Maybe DM them and see if they ask answer a question. You know, a lot of times I get questions asked, and it's like if someone's really like abrupt and direct, I'm like, why am I going to answer this? Like, don't like, like, or if they send me a nice note, then I'm like, yeah, like, talk to me. Like, it's it's like anything else. It's just I think we just people want things too fast. Don't forget manners. Don't forget specific things. These are all still really important things. I just wrote an article on this. It's on my website. Actually, I used you as an example in one awesome. section. I'll actually send it to you after. <clears throat> but it's Please. it's titled uh, "How to Build a Brand Worthy of Following," and it alludes to, of course, building following and social media. But I really focus in on the brand side. And there's like a bunch of sections, and then finally, it's like, okay, and now social media. But before that, is something I like to refer to as career capital. And I look at people, I use Luca as a lot of uh, examples as well. But one of my favorite things is, and Jordan side always talks about is long form content. That's one piece of it. I don't get paid a lot for the articles that I write for some of these publications. It's actually not bad, but I can make a lot more money for my time if I'm just coaching people. But sure. what's the value of being able to have in my bio and on my website that I write for Teenage, that I write for Generation Iron, that I write for Barband? And, you know, I want to achieve more of this stuff because I value that. That's something I like. I like writing. And it, it creates, and I hate thinking in terms of status gains. I don't like that language, but let's understand that people do think and they look at your, someone shares something that you posted and their followers see it. And then they go to your profile and they look and, well, Don's got 300,000 followers. He's got a blue check mark. Oh shit. Guy's got a relationship with muscle and fitness. He's a gym owner. He's a own, used to own this gym, has worked with these people. These are all really established pieces of career capital that mm -hmm. validates someone's decision to go, this is someone worthy of my attention. And I think that's something we should always be working towards. And it's not to look down on someone who hasn't accomplished it or any coach listening, but it's to say, what are some ways? Can, can you do a really killer job with YouTube? Maybe you're not a great writer. I still think it's a skill worth developing, but do you crush on YouTube? Uh, you probably know who Omar Isaf is, right? Like Omar's, I've heard that name, but I haven't been to the, his YouTube channel. Omar is probably one of my favorite examples of someone who is like really primarily just YouTube. Because there's a lot of people who've done YouTube Check and everything else. But Omar is like huge, huge, huge with YouTube. Or someone right who, I mean, you and I have been throwing around names of like guys who've been writing, and girls for that matter, who've been writing for major publications for a long time. Ben Bruno. Ben got to start, he worked for uh, Boyles, but then he got a lot of attention through T Nation and now he's working with celebrities. So there's all this stuff that you can do to build all this backbone to a career, then people will start paying attention to you. And I think the mistake, I think it can be done. But I think the mistake is to go to social media first and say, what kind of wizardry do I apply to social media to grow social media? You want to do that. Just go buy a whole bunch of fake followers. It'll, it'll kill your engagement, but you can yeah. the appearance of a large following. 
right? Well, we've also seen like some really successful. I like I've seen. I'm not going to mention names, but um, I've seen some incredibly uber, uber, uber successful people um, start an online business, and they they've just they've had great timing. They've had great teams around them. They might have started it back in you know 12 or 13 when this thing was all starting to kind of snowball. And, you know, they crushed it and listen, more power to them. It's like, it's for the taking back then I was saying, Oh, I'm looking at 2012. I was like, Oh, social media, I'm not doing it. It's like, all right, well, that's my fault. Right. Like that's my, like, that was my, um, that was my blindness in the moment to, to say, Oh, this is my private life. No, this is a great tool for me. This is a great tool for people. And because I didn't want to jump on that a few years earlier, that's my loss. Like, so I can't look at the person who might not be as intelligent as smart or, you know, no, they, they, they approach it because you know what? It's like someone like you, Andrew, if you didn't learn a thing more about training, about wellness, about health, if you never improved your education by an inkling, it doesn't matter. Like for, for someone like you, like you learn because you like to be stimulated and you like to like to learn. And I think that was a proof back then that, those people, though they didn't know nearly as much as someone like your, yourself, um, they still had the intuition. They still had that. They still had that that belief that all right, this is going to go somewhere, and I'm going to put my eggs into this basket, and it worked, and it hit. So when people criticize others, like I'm like, eh, like okay, maybe they're not as smart, but they might have been smarter in another area than we were because they did it earlier, right? So good on them. The bottom line is how many people are you affecting and making lives better and how are you doing with your business in the grand scheme of things, right? And I think there's many different roads. Um, I don't remember there was a thought I had in there that you said, but oh yeah, like, you know, I've been coaching now 11 years, you know, I've got 20,000 in-person sessions in, in my career and I know that work volume. And I think a lot of people still get rooted in, well, let's, let's read another article on how to do a Romanian deadlift. Let's, let's read another article about how to help people lose body fat. You guys know this stuff. Mm. And it's a productive way of procrastinating and soothing that sense that you're doing something useful. When I think a lot of people would be better served by focusing on being a better writer, learning some of these business skills, working on the email list, get that done. I had a good friend of mine who does this stuff. I hired her to set up my email list because I don't know that shit at all. And while it's growing gradually and I still have to do some critical shit, I have to get a good lead magnet. That's the thing. I actually have to do it. I have to create the time for it. Um, but it's way further along the process than I once was. So everybody listening, this is important stuff. Don, where do people find you online? Where do they find your programs? I love you, your stuff. You know, you can go to Don, and I appreciate that. You can go to donsaladino.com. My Instagram's Don Saladino. Um, appreciate it. Um, um, this is a lot of fun for me to come on. And you just said that you're struggling with the lead magnet. You already have them. You already have your, your lead magnets. You have right. a thousand lead magnets. Just take, <laughs> honestly, like you are a very, 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 very smart coach. Like give away a day of, your, of the program. It's incomplete, but just say, hey guys, this is a sample this is a sample of one day of this, of the 16 week block training that I put together. And um, all you need to do is put in your email list. And here's, here's uh, week two, day one. There's your lead magnet. It's done. You're, you're absolutely right. And like, I actually have, I have two of them. They're up here in my mind. I just you have don't to- have to write them. They're already done. You like, yeah, they're done. I'm like, what are you, you, you have 11 years of lead magnets. You can yep. give me one every week and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be giving away the, the ranch. That's another thing. When I, when I built a really big email following in March of 2020, and I keep telling this story, I gave away a month. I gave away a four-week block, all videos, all body weight, because no one had access to, to gyms. And a lot of people, most people didn't have access to dumbbells. So, let me, so I remember rolling up my carpet with my wife, her <laughs> sitting there with the iPhone and filming me like all night. It was like a 50 or 60 exercise library video. And we gave it to every publication known to man. People were like, why are you giving it away? I'm like, I'm not charging for it right now. Like, what the hell else am I going to do? I collected 150,000 emails that month. Wow. That's a lot of emails, right? Like, don't be afraid to give away free shit is what I try and tell people. Like, the worst thing's going to happen is, you know what? You'll have a couple of people who just continue to take advantage and they don't, and they don't sell. But you'll, you'll still gain some loyal following out, 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 out of that. Brilliant advice. Yeah, I have the... The immediate challenge, and it is something I'm committed to doing. I have the immediate challenge. I have a get a presentation ready, so it's now official. I'll be sharing it on my social media 
right away, but uh, a presentation for Kabuki Education Week in early January. So I'm presenting Good it for there. you. That's kind of cool. Uh, that's Where's that? That's a virtual thing. So that's Kabuki Strength. That's Chris Duffin's company. And yes. they've got, I think it's probably about 50 speakers across a week. They did it last year for the first time because they did it virtually because of what was going on in the world. And so they're doing it again. I got a feeling it's going to be an annual thing. And so I'll, um, I, I have, and I'm going to base my presentation on the article that I just published about, you know, growing uh, a brand and following and they're excited about it. So that's cool. And then I have um, a, the coach that I mentor and works with me at Evolve, uh, Bailey Lau, and I want everybody to go follow her too. She and I are going to be putting together a group training platform for uh, inter intermediate women, basically. And, and I'm, I'm doing this in part because it's something that I want to do as a framework to do something later on for myself. But Bailey's doing a really killer job. My client, Larry, is quite well known to my Instagram following. He's 71 and he's just as strong as an ox. And so when I'm traveling, when I was in Seattle with you, she, Bailey trains Larry. So she's, I trust her that much. So she's really super. So we're going to do something together. And the goal is to help launch her online coaching business uh, and, and support her. I, I'm a big believer in, in supporting other people in any way I can. I've got someone who I trust in my space. So I'll, uh, I'll throw support behind her because I'm, uh, you know, at this point, as busy as I want to be. And one of the challenges I have is I have to now turn around and create systems and build some things where I can scale aspects of my career which leads to helping more people and setting a good example to other coaches who've been following my media and ultimately earn more of a livelihood, which I think is, it's, it's not ignoble to earn a bigger, uh, bigger livelihood. Oh, listen, I, you're on your way, man. Just, I think you're, I think you're taking a great approach. Uh, you know, I love your, you know, I, I love your vibe. I love what you're, what you're doing. Just, just continue to connect, continue to write. Um, you mentioned Bar Bend. I know my buddy Andrew Gutman. I don't know if you know Andrew. He's, he's over the, there. He's my editor. He's great. Yep. Okay. Okay. You tell Andrew I love that guy. First off, one of the funniest guys. I mean, unbelievable person. And I did a lot of work with him at, at, at MNF, and we have a lot of funny stories. But um, it, what, what I'm hearing Bar Bend's doing over there is incredible stuff. I touched base with Andrew a few weeks ago. Um, great person. So send him my best. Tell him that we, that I was on. I'll shoot him a message. No, thanks, Don. Awesome. I appreciate and it. Send me that article. I want to read that article and send I'm me the name. Send, oh, send me Bailey's, send me Bailey's full name too. I want to check her out. All right. I'm going to send you both of that. Uh, everybody you. tuning in. Thank you for listening. Go follow Don, please go check out his media. He's been someone I've really been inspired by. Thanks, and, Andrew. Uh, I'm really grateful to get to share you. So I'm pulling people on here that I really believe and I think will be great examples and role models for you guys. So go check them out. And uh, stay tuned because I'm going to record another episode this afternoon with Jonathan Goodman, and you guys will get that next week. Awesome. And Andrew, when you get out here to the barn, we'll go bend some iron here, right? I will visit New York just to do that. Thanks, brother. Let me know. All right, bro.